Welcome to the May Contain Wine Podcast, brought to you by Wine, Women, and Wellbeing. I'm your host, Lisa Webb, and together we're going to get to know incredible women doing all kinds of interesting things. So grab a glass and get ready to be inspired by the amazing women in our global community. Hello, my friends. Today I'm here with Jenna Hill. She is the owner and co-founder of Frockbox, a personal styling service for Canadian women. After the birth of her second daughter, she recognized the need for a shop at home clothing options for moms. And soon after, outfits were being delivered to doorsteps across the country. Over the last eight years, Frockbox has dressed women ages 13 to 94, delivering hundreds of thousands of boxes and it's been featured in Chatelaine, The Maryland Dennis Show, Fashion Magazine, and many other publications. Frockbox aims to inspire confidence through fashion, no matter your size or shape. Jenna is a mom, serial entrepreneur, and a master problem solver. She is passionate about business, empowering women to follow their dreams, and she describes herself as an idea girl. Hello, Jenna. I feel like you are a girl after my own heart. I love a good idea, girl. How are you doing? Good. Um, Yes, I feel like we are one and the same in that sense. Thank you for having me. Thanks so much for being here. Um, Okay, I want to start at the beginning because I'm also a mom and I do feel like being a mom changes everything. I think so many of us have this like before life, before and after life of being a mom. And we think like, oh, our career, we want different things after those babies are born. Something just shifts naturally. And so I would like to talk about that shift that was made and how the idea for Frockbox was born. Sure. Yeah. Things do shift, don't they? Um, And they shift with every child. I feel like that's something important to note. My first was such a dream baby. She was like just a little jewel on my, she was just so, she was so easy. Um, And my second was not at all. She was a not, she was very (laughs) difficult. (laughs) And so truly the shift for me came, um, when I learned that not all babies were that little novelty, like, like Emerson. So, um, walking around the mall with two kids was hard. Um, my body was changing and I needed some new stuff, but I always describe it as like this mess of a stroller full of goldfish crackers, like crunched all over the store and all of like the retail girls staring at me I just felt so uncomfortable and so out of place and I remember thinking like I wish I could just stop in I want what's on that mannequin in the window just let me like grab it in my size and get the heck out of here so fast I'm like this is embarrassing and you're praying that no one in the stroller like poops or vomits oh right yes or like yeah don't touch anything your hands are dirty don't touch the clothes (laughs) Totally. So every mom knows that I feel everyone understands that, that moment. And really, that is where Frockbox was born. It was this idea that we wanted to um, deliver out, sorry, outfits, we wanted to deliver um, something special, like a surprise to moms every single month. Because that's the other side of it. That's the shift that I think you're talking about, too, where 
you have your, your identity is like wrapped up in, in this new mom life. And then as it settles, I feel like I, I didn't lose myself per se, but I was looking for something different. Mm -hmm. I was looking for a challenge. I was looking to, I wanted something that was like purposeful and that I felt really pulled to, and I was passionate about, but I also really value like flexibility. And so I knew that I needed to have a business or something that I was able to stay home with my kids. I could work at night or I could stay home if they were sick, things like that. I didn't want them to be in full-time childcare at the time. So um, that is really where Frockbox was born. Okay. So walk me through this. Cause you're, you have this idea, you're mm-hmm. dripping in babies and you just think like, okay, I'm going to start delivering clothes to women's houses so they don't have to go to the mall. Like then what? Like That sounds like a great idea, but how the hell do you make that happen? Yeah. Well, that was the harder part I guess um, so. at the time. So that this was back in 2015 at the time, subscription boxes were sort of picking up mm-hmm. um, and they were popular and Um, what I loved about a subscription box is from a business standpoint. Um, so my background was in marketing and from a business standpoint, I loved the idea of a recurring customer. So you know how hard it is to find a customer and how expensive that can be. So for me, the opportunity to have someone who comes back month after month, um, was really appealing. So at that point I had reached out to a friend who was previously a buyer I guess this was before, sorry. I had reached out to a friend um, when we had this idea and we sat down and, and chatted about it. So she was a buyer with the Bay at the time, or she had experience buying with the Bay. And together we were able to kind of piece this idea together with a subscription box. And we wanted, we knew we wanted to focus on outfits and styling, and we wanted it to be the surprise for moms and just deliver a box of goodness that felt custom, that felt like curated to you um, instead of just all that generic stuff. And also at the time, I don't know if you remember this, you might not based on where you are, but in Canada, it was really hard because you'd see all of these posts on social media about these great stores and pieces in the U S and you could not get them in Canada. Mm -hmm. It was so frustrating. So we wanted to, to bring that to the Canadian marketplace. And then you just dove in and you figured out, this is the piece that I want to like take apart a little bit. I don't even know the word I'm looking for, but I want to explore this because I think that a lot of people listening, and I know that a lot of women that I work with in my mentorship program, they're not necessarily entrepreneurs yet, but they're in this space where they feel like I want something more and I just don't know what it is. Or like, I'm feeling pulled towards something, but I don't know how to get there. And I love that you were like, you were being pulled in this direction and you went for it and then you did the thing. So you had a friend, you had help. Um, What happened maybe along the way? Was there something that you weren't expecting on this journey to make it happen? Sure. I wasn't expecting all of it. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Honestly, most of it, I was not expecting. Um, I wasn't expecting, um, like I'm always, I, I'm an idea girl, so I am up for a challenge and I will always dive in in business. I'm just fearless. Um, in my personal life, not so much. You cannot convince me to go on a roller coaster. I don't like airplanes. I am very cautious. So it's funny that this is just how I, how I am in business. Um, so when I get an idea in my head, I, 
just, I, I will not stop. So I think the biggest piece for, for me was research. I knew that we wanted to have the subscription box. I knew that we wanted it to be for moms. And so now I, I needed to figure out how to do those things without spending a whole bunch of money because me as a cautious person, that also meant that I wasn't willing to put up all this money for this business. So here I am wanting wanting to launch something, but not really willing to spend a lot of money. So that's an interesting situation to be in. Um, but there is so much opportunity in that. And I really think that that's like, I think you have to have to know who you are as a person, um, as an entrepreneur. And then also like, how passionate are you about this idea? And is there, I, I really felt like there was, um, that this was a good idea, that there was a real opportunity for this in the marketplace. And I thought that this was scalable. That's my biggest question in business is, is this scalable? Um, I previously was a photographer and I, I just always was like, I'm never gonna, and this, I love my photographer friends, but it just never felt like I was ever going to have a day off. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So I was, I was looking for something that was scalable. That was, that was bigger. And it really starts with that research and just like digging in. So I had found, um, Crate Joy at the time was a subscription based, um, like platform for us. And it was really wonderful. It didn't exactly do what we needed it to do. And years later, we spent hundreds of thousands of dollars building our own platform. But in the beginning, having an option, and that's, that's one of the key pieces, right? Is sometimes we look for perfection. Um, and instead I just went for this does enough right now. This will yes. tell us, this will do what we need it to do. Um, yeah. Which is hard, right? Because you want it to be perfect. Oh God. Yes. And I think so many people get hung up on that. They're like, well, I can't do this because I'm not ready yet. It's the start before you're ready because we never really know what we're doing. We hope our ideas are going to work out. But if we wait until everything is absolutely perfect, we are probably going to wait forever. Just like when people are like, are thinking about having babies, it's not the right time yet because if you wait until the perfect time, I feel like for anything, you're going to wait forever. So I love that you brought that up. Did you have a background in business? Like you said, you were a photographer. Did you have any yeah. background in business? Had you done a business before? So yeah, like my husband, I, I, like I always say, my husband, I'm kind of like a serial entrepreneur. I always kind of say that I've always dabbled. So I, I used to teach voice. Um, my husband and I started this like bar business when we were young um, for weddings. So it's just, I'm always looking for something that's missing. So we were getting married and we couldn't find someone to run our bar. Like, why wouldn't we start something? So we did start that. I was a photographer for a while. I did graphic design. So yeah, I feel like I've done lots of little things along the way. And there's been lessons in every single one of those. Um, but I always just dive in always. Okay. So now if anyone is listening to this and they don't know Frockbox, the evolution of where are you now with Frockbox? Yeah. So Frockbox has really grown in the last, I guess, eight years. Um, we have a team of over 20 now. We are located in St. Albert, Alberta. Um, we ship boxes to every province and territory in Canada. As you mentioned, we do have subscribers aged 13 to 94. That's something we're really proud of because not every business has such a wide range of customers. Um, we think that's really neat. Uh, 
We have over $10 million in revenue. We have shipped hundreds of thousands of boxes and um, sold hundreds of thousands of pieces of clothing. So last November, we moved into a larger space. Um, so we now have 6,000 square feet warehouse and a boutique. So that is really fun to be able to see customers face-to-face -face and do a lot of our styling sessions um, right there. And it's a beautiful space. Now I've only creeped it online as I do, um, but I was like, wow, we, we had a, an event with you there and it was just stunning. Like it's really, I feel like you put the clothes on and you'd be in the space and you just feel probably exactly the idea of what you were looking for women to feel way back when. So congratulations to that, because I just think it must be pretty special to be able to look back on where you started and where you are now. Yeah. I mean, we started in my basement, so, um, I'll never forget like Canada Post pulling up and my neighbors always like staring at us, just hauling bins out. <laughs> and now, you know, they have, we don't even see them. There's, you know, a five ton truck that comes to pick up our packages. So it is, it is pretty neat to see how far we've come. So on that journey, on the course of the journey, because I know, I don't know your story personally, but I know that this will have happened because you are human and because I run a business and I know how those things work, yep. there will have been a time when you failed. There will mm -hmm. have been a time when you made a mistake or I think the saying goes, I don't know what the number is, but like fall down seven times, get up eight. And I really believe that that's what makes business successful. We are going to fall down. We are going to make mistakes. Can you share one of those experiences with us? when you got back up again? Oh, there's so many. <laughs> I don't even know where I would begin. Um, so probably one of my biggest, it's not a regret, but it's something that we have a challenge that we faced since the very beginning is that we were really hyper-focused on this subscription-based model. So we really wanted um, to style women and that that has evolved now. So we have our favorites box and it's a shop at home experience um, for our customers. But I can't tell you how many women would message us on social media and say, hey, I want that piece. Sorry, you can't have that piece. Mm. Because we were so focused on the service of styling um, that it wasn't about the product for us. It wasn't about the clothing. It was about the service. And that has served us well, because I think that's really what differentiates us. And it, it, it is what makes us unique. But when I look back, and now we do have um, kind of a secondary business in place where customers can come and just purchase one time items, they don't need to subscribe. But when I look back and consider the probably millions of dollars lost <laughs> on one time sales, um, that that's a mistake that you know, had we sat back and done some planning on and really just focused on our messaging, we probably would have looked at it a little bit different, but um, it's also not a mistake because it got us to where we are. So I see both sides of it, but it has been a challenge along the way. I think that's important to mention too, that there's always learning in the mistakes there. We can call them like we can ditch the word mistakes and call mm -hmm. it learning lessons or whatever we want to call it. But if we're paying attention, there's always room to grow from those mistakes. Do you have a piece of advice for any future 
or potential entrepreneurs who might be listening? Oh, I have so much advice. <laughs> this is like really where my heart lies. Um, give, it all. I, give us all of it. Just, just open the door and take a step and, um, lean in like to whatever it is that's pulling you. Because I feel like there is often that pull, like you physically feel it, or at least I physically feel it. I know when my idea has like, is, is valid. I know when it's good. And I think that you do too. Um, and I hope that more women can, um, be open-minded to an opportunity that might come to them and not have to lose everything else that is going on. So, so often I hear people say, oh, but I'm not ready to leave my full-time job. You don't have to be like, why can't you have more? And so my advice would be always to just dive in, um, to think big, to dream big, and then to get just so creative and so messy, because I think that's like where the magic happens is when you're willing to, um, try and, be open and vulnerable. And uh, sometimes you have to ask for help. And that's hard. <laughs> it's hard for me. But um, I, I I have certainly enjoyed the mentors and the women in my life who have supported me along the way. So I would say reach out um, and then get some therapy and get a coach. Yes, that's my advice. All the things. That's great advice. Okay, Jenna, what's, what's next for you? Do you have another big dream? You're an idea girl, you're a serial entrepreneur. Is there another big dream or something that might be brewing? Yeah. So to share. Sure. Yeah. I, it's okay. I'm, I'm happy to share at this stage in life, you know, at this point, sometimes I don't know if you felt like this, um, but once your business is established, you almost have to pull back the ideas a little bit. I have to put my ideas in a parking lot sometimes now. That's a great way just, to put it. Yeah. And I leave them sit for a little while because otherwise I would just be starting new businesses all the time. That's mm -hmm. just how I am. Um, but what is really important to me and something that we're really working hard on right now is our sizeless brand. So uh, what that means is not one size, but over eight years, I have watched women of all shapes and sizes um, in pain uh, as they get dressed in the morning or as they're looking for clothing for events or their daily life. Um, I see them looking in the mirror and hating what they see. And it is really hard. It's very, very difficult, um, especially because shopping is something that brings me so much joy. So it was eye-opening to me. Um, and one thing that we've noticed at Frockbox is that Women are so bothered by the number on a tag. I might send you something. If you see yourself as a medium and I send you something that's a large, often you won't even put that on. And it's incredible how that like mentally affects us yes. um, or emotionally. And so what we hope to launch is our sizeless brand. So Miller, the label is our, is our own brand. And we're hoping that in the next couple of years, that will be 100% sizeless, which means that it that's is not one size. How does that, how does that work? Well, because we're a personal styling service, this is something that we can do because we're so used to dressing women of all shapes and sizes. We want you to come into our store or shop online with us. And based on your measurements and what you tell us, or us just actually trying on a piece with you, there will not be a size on that piece because you and your friend, whether you're extra small or 3XL, should be able to shop together for the same articles and pieces of clothing in the same store, in the same section, 
and you should feel good about it. So that is my goal um, is to have boutiques, maybe across Canada that um, don't have sizes on the tag because you should try on your clothes. They should fit you well and you should feel good in them. You're basically a genius. I love that. <laughs> well, that's very sweet. I love it. Okay. I'm going to get into our rapid fire questions. Are you ready? Okay. I'm sure. putting you on the spot now. No pressure again. Okay. If you could sit down, have a conversation, glass of wine with one woman, living or dead, who do you want to sit down with? Hmm. Brene Brown? No, mm. actually, well, I love her, but I love her Sarah too. Blakely. Okay. Both. Yeah. And her husband. I know you said woman, but I would like her husband to also be there. They are such an interesting duo. I have a party. Them. Invite them right? all. Yeah. What is your go-to well-being or self-care practice? Um, I read fiction. <laughs> that is, so I always do fiction summers. Um, and it is my escape from reality. I think it's super, I don't, I don't really watch TV, but I think it's really important. Yeah. I think it's really important to escape and to like dream. And what I find is that when I have, when I'm in that, like just imaginary dreamland, they're very bad, fluffy romance novels typically. (laughs) Um, but when I'm in that little dreamland, um, I have new ideas and I have space to create. So that is my personal self-care. Very cool. Okay. Well, now the next question is what is your favorite book or podcast recommendation? So hit us with the fluffy, hit us with your oh, fluffy no. romance. No, I, I don't know if I can. Um, oh, I feel podcast. like it's all too embarrassing. My favorite podcast of all time is how I built this. Um, oh. I don't know if you've listened to that, but, no, but if I'm you are a business and I'm writing it down. Oh, if you enjoy business, you have to listen to this podcast. It is interviews. Yeah. Interviews with um, different business owners and how they just their stories. And um, it's so inspiring. Next question. What does sisterhood mean to you? Oh, um, I would say that sisterhood is a feeling of comfort um, a community of like-minded women, um, craving connection and growth. Amen. I feel like it's powerful. Sisterhood is powerful. Um, and I feel like it's like that knowing the knowing that there's like a safe place to land, but then also with that safety, there's also like this push within it to do your best and to, um, yeah, just go for it. What advice would you give to your 16 year old self? Oh, this is so easy after years of therapy. It's going to be okay. (laughs) Yes. It seems really simple, but if I could look back um, and just remind myself that it's going to be okay, um, I would. That's great advice. Okay. Can you tell everyone where they can find you, Jenna? Sure. You can find us online at Frockbox Canada or on social media or online at www.frockbox.ca or millerthelabel.com for our, our own label. Perfect. I can't wait to see the big things that you have coming up. And thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Thank you. Thanks for listening, friends. If you like what you've heard, subscribe and recommend us to a friend. Head to winewomenwellbeing.com to find out more about what our community is all about 
and reach out to us on social media. We'd love to connect. Until next time, stay classy, stay kind.